When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. In this town, there is no off-season. The news never stops and neither do we. It's always game day in Cleveland with Andy Baskin and Daryl Ryder. It's always game day in Cleveland. As that big voice guy said, he is Daryl Ryder. I'm Andy Baskin. We are here to give you all the musings of what's going on at the owners' meetings, what's going on with the Browns, and what's going on with the NFL. Daryl, um, let's just start with one really quick contract update for the Browns, and then let's get into the good stuff. So uh, what's the latest on the contract front? Uh, Anthony Walker officially signed on Wednesday, so that was done. We knew that a week ago. He agreed to terms, but officially Penn's been put to paper, and so he is back for a third straight year on a one-year contract. Will he wear number zero now or four? I, I think that they're going to have to fight over it because there's like a couple <laughs> of guys that are like all about they want to be the big goose egg for for the Browns. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see who ultimately ends up with the zero. Like um, I know it was Greg Newsom I saw on Twitter. I know we should get zero. We got a defensive lineman now whose nickname should be Double O. Give that guy Double O. No, his nickname is now. He's going to wear seven. He's Double O Seven. Oh, good. Okay, even better. O Seven or Seven? He's going to have to wear Seven. Double O Seven. Well, he's going to wear Seven, but you yeah, know what I, mean. I like now, it. Now I that like Jacoby it. Brissett's not here, Seven's available. That's true. Good point. All right, well said. Well but said. He, right. put, he posted on Instagram. He's Double O Seven. It's going to be weird seeing a defensive a defensive lineman wearing the number seven. Wearing number seven. It? Yeah. But here's the here's the funny thing. So we coined that. Yes. Prior Correct. to him going on social And his media. name was what? Obanaya Okorunkwo. That's what I said. <laughs> <laughs> Why can we go three minutes talking about a guy without saying his name? Because it's so hard to say. Not for me. Obo. I've been practicing. It's going to be double O for me. I just, I just can't say it real fast. That's the problem. Oh, we'll be talking about anytime you were the pregame show. We're talking about double O. I'm telling you, double O seven. Yes. Bond, James Bond, shaken, uh, not stirred. All right, let's come back. Let's come back to some of the things that are happening with numbers and things that happen to the owners meeting. We'll do that in a minute. I, I want to get to the hot topic right now because the stadium issue came back up, and <clears throat> you know, if you read a couple stories that were out there, it sounds like. The Browns are committed to putting a billion dollars into revamping the stadium they have right now. And then I, I wonder, and we're questioning, because Jeff and I were talking about this on our show, if you're going to put a billion dollars into this stadium to put lipstick on a pig, which is what it feels like they're going to be doing, I, I don't know what they're going to do, but I, I just I can think of a million things to do with a billion dollars other than renovating what they have right now. Again, it's not my money. I'm not going to tell people what to do. But when I think about how much it might cost them to move a freeway 
and wonder about the benefits of that and then start wondering about the other things that maybe they would be better off with a stadium in a different location. Maybe they would be better off developing the lakefront without a stadium. Things that were said by the Browns about lakefront development. Just give me the skinny on what you know and where we're really going with this. Yeah, they, they're really pushing this lakefront development thing that's been going on for, I guess, the last half century. Nothing's been done. Um, got a Rock Hall Science Center. And by the way, it's not redevelopment. It's development because yeah, it's it, never really been developed. Yeah, it's never been developed. So, um, and I, look, I agree with you. Honestly, I am Team Dome all the way. I think that they should build new. I don't care if it's going to cost $3.5 billion to do it the right way or not. I don't care. Because here's, here's, here's how I'm thinking, Andy. I'm thinking in terms of like Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse. Right. For all of the consternation over the Cavaliers getting $70 million, by the way, $185 million renovation, and the public portion was only 70 That's a bargain. The Guardians are kicking in $150 million to the 435 including renovation plus capital improvements, because they're going to do renovations, but as they open stuff up, like you do renovation in your house, right? You open stuff up, yeah. you fix stuff while you got the walls open right. before you make everything nice and pretty. That's what the Guardians are doing, so that's why the total project cost is 435 But still, that's a bargain compared to what it's going to cost now to either renovate First Energy Stadium, and the reason it's going to cost so much money is because First Energy Stadium was not built well. It is a crappy stadium. They fast-tracked it because, well, they had to fast-track it. They had three years to tear down Municipal Stadium and replace it with what is there now. And they cut every corner imaginable to squeeze the damn thing within the $283 million budget that they had to play with. They took out the escalators from the design. They took out stairwells from the design. They took out a bunch of stuff from the design. And then at the last minute, Al Lerner, the late Browns owner who helped the team leave in the first place but still got the new team, he went ahead and said, no, we need escalators in the stadium. I'll cut the check for him. And that's why the escalators look like crap around the stadium because, well, it's not they're not architecturally built in the right way because they got taken out. So it's a terrible stadium. Uh, when you compare it to venues in the NFL around the league, it's one of the worst stadiums in the league. It it has been surpassed. It was obsolete they had opened its doors. So my thing is, you're going to have to spend a couple billion dollars on the lakefront as it is, okay? And if you're including the stadium in that, why not build something that can be used like Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse, but on a larger scale? Because here's what a renovation doesn't solve. Renovation does not solve the ability to use the damn field more than 15 times a year. It's natural grass, all right? They have problems as it is. Look at last year. They had a concert a week before the first preseason game. And you can't control concert dates when you can get these big concerts and stuff. But if you have a dome and it's an artificial surface, guess what? You can book whatever the hell you want. And you can use you can have a concert one day and maybe two days later play an NFL game. Because I realize, you know, those big stations, it takes a couple days to, to build and, and tear that stuff down. So that is why I am so pro get the hell out of that building. Is it going to happen, though, Daryl? I don't no, think it's going to happen. No, because personal little personal experience here, right? Had to do some home renovations the last couple of years. You know, I, I'm not as liquid as some other folks, and so I kind of had to cut corners to get done what I needed to get done. Mm-hmm. And that's what Cleveland's going to have to do with the stadium because they're, it's, it, we, we're not a wealthy region. 
Um, the Haslam's have made it very clear they're not paying for it, or they're not going to pay for all of it. Mm-hmm. Um, honestly, I wish they would. Like, if the Haslam's really wanted to establish their legacy, they can afford a $3 billion stadium. They can. Um, here's the problem, though, with that. While it's easy for me to sit here and spend their $3 billion, right? what fans would have to understand is... Oh, I know what they'd have to understand. If, if, if the Haslam's built it, then guess what? Your ticket prices are probably going to triple. Easy. Um, your, your beer prices are going to triple. Your, your your concession prices are going to triple. Uh, you're going to have to pay for everything and anything, every little... They'll probably charge you for straws. And, and again, I'm not making fun of the Haslam's. I'm not criticizing the Haslam's. This is business one-on-one. They're business people. Like, yes, the Cleveland Browns, it's a, you know, it's it's a community asset, so to speak, but they own it, they run it. They're it's in it really it. hard not to look at U.S. Bank Stadium and say they paid that thing off with pull tabs. Yeah. and, and Quickly. That, and that's why. What, three years into a 30-year deal? And that's why I think that if the Haslam's are smart, and we'll get into this in the next segment, mm-hmm. they need to get to work with the state legislature now. Not in two and three years after they propose everything, but now start talking to the governor, start talking to the state legislature, and I'll give you my plan of how they can finance this thing using some public funds, but without raising any taxes. Oh, I can't wait to hear that. Uh, Let's do that next on It's Always Game Day in Cleveland. It's always game day in Cleveland. Daryl Ryder, he's Andy Baskin. Mobile sports betting finally legal here in the state of Ohio. BetQL is here to help you make the most informed bets possible. See all of today's best bets by heading to BetQL.com or downloading the BetQL app. Claim your free three-day trial today. Head to BetQL.com slash news slash 92.3 The Fan for exclusive sports book offers. All right, Daryl, we're back on the stadium issue again, and you had some uh, creative ideas for financing the stadium. So that's where we last left off. Yeah, so... The Cincinnati Bengals also have a problem with their stadium right now. They need to do a major renovation down there. Uh, you have minor league teams that mm-hmm. have stadiums throughout uh, the state. My thing is take the, the taxes from the sports gambling revenue, put those into a stadium fund, and that covers stadiums throughout the state. So that would cover uh, the ballpark and – stadium in Cincinnati, it covered the arena in Columbus, and it would cover the ballpark arena and stadium here in Cleveland, as well as give some money to the minor league team so that they can uh, maintain their facilities as far as like public contributions. Here's why that makes so much sense to me. Okay, hang on. I just want to back you off for a second. Nationwide was built with public or with private funds. So I don't know if ne- if Nationwide okay. would, de- but I know that they oh, had trouble. Wait a minute. Trouble there, wait a minute. There's, hold on. There was a facility built in the stadium in the state of Ohio that was done privately, yes. like they do in California. And that's why that arena is as nice. By as the way, is. so California has built, let's see, SoFi Stadium. The Clippers are building a new arena. Um, the uh, San Francisco Giants, of course, have their ballpark. Uh, granted, all the teams moved out of Oakland. Uh, the A's are on their way out. Uh, but the Warriors have a new arena. The 49ers built their own stadium. All with private money the only now it is super expensive to go to those places but that's you answered that question for a segment so keep going yeah and and uh but the only public was the infrastructure around the building so that's freeways Mm -hmm. entrances road roadways sewer all you know utilities that type of thing so that was the public contribution but the buildings themselves were all privately fine so it can be done 
And the NFL does have a stadium program. In fact, the Browns utilized it. The Haslam's have utilized it already when they did the renovation. They borrowed money from the NFL. And basically how that works is it's like a paycheck deduction, right? Let's say you take out a 401k loan. Um, it becomes a payroll deduction. Mm-hmm. Well, that's what it is. It's a payroll deduction from your revenue share. So the Haslam's have already used the system for the uh, the first renovation that they did, which, by the way, was like $120 million. <laughs> now $120 million won't even paint won't even like paint the suites at, at this point when you're talking about stadium. It, it's it's beyond ridiculous. So um, it, that's why I think like this is the perfect way, using the sports gambling tax revenue to fund the upkeep and construction of these facilities, it also takes a tremendous burden off of the local municipalities. Cleveland, right now, Cleveland is paying over $10 million to do emergency repairs to that stadium right now. They're replacing the decking on the ramps because people are like falling on their faces right? Uh, because they're in such bad shape. Uh, and they're doing some other work that that needs to be done to that bill. I think there's some HVAC work needed uh, needed to be replaced or uh, repaired. And like that crap is really super expensive. So here's the the so that cut for me, that's how you get this thing funded so you can actually pull this thing off. And then the other thing too is, and this is what I look at. I look at Lucas Oil Stadium. Okay, I do too. And the fact like you could have high, more high school games here. You could have co- more college games here because you don't. It, it's not as much now uh, wear and tear on the playing surface to to change things out. If you're doing it indoor, if you're doing it indoors, well, I if, mean, if you, you, can, grass, you can play every sport in there if you decide you want to do indoor. That's what the bottom line is. Right. Like I watched, I was just saying this a couple weeks ago. We were down at the convention center watching volleyball. I mean, two sessions, thousands of people in there, left and right. Imagine how many more courts because Indianapolis. Remember when they were talking about moving? You could, do, you could have. Do you remember when they were? Final Four. Okay, so do you remember when they were talking about moving uh, the Bills game during the playoffs? Yeah, to, because of what was going on yeah. because of the the missed game. Okay, yeah. Indianapolis was one of the sites they had talked to yeah. about bringing the NFL there for the weekend for the playoff game. You know what Indianapolis said? No, we can't do it. You know why? Because, because they were booked with volleyball. Yeah, thousands of volleyball players descending on Indianapolis. I don't care if you like the sport or not. It's bringing money into your city, and that's what this city needs. And, and guess what we happened? Need, we need jobs. We need money. We need crime rates to go down. We need people to feel safe downtown. And guess what's going to do that? Bringing money in. Now, I don't know if the circle of life brings it in from sports, but, man, this town needs help, and jobs help. And we have one of the best marketing tools with Destination Cleveland, and the Greater Cleveland Sports Commission, led by David Gilbert. All of these national events, including the, like, we're, we're focused on, like, the all-star games, like, the big stuff, right? That's get, as big as the, we can get, though, right, right now. The, that's women, it. The, the women's final four that's going to be here next year. Yeah. So, but I'm just saying, like, we focus on that. But when you look at the body of work and what they do, like that volleyball yeah. tournament that you're though they bring, I think Pan Am Games is coming here or something. Like, they, they bring so many smaller do you, scales. You have no idea. Like, international children's games, gay games, man. Do you know how many people came yep. to town because of that? Yep. And so, when you have that infrastructure already in place, run by a guy like David Gilbert, and if you can give him an asset like a 65,000-seat dome facility with a you know, uh, football slash soccer size 
playing surface to work with. Imagine what he can do with that. So that's my whole point of why I'm so against stadium renovation is. It's not that I don't think that the Browns need it. It's not that I don't think that that stadium is substandard. It's I just don't see the bang for the buck. I don't see return on investment. So like me I'm going to bring up a point here that I brought up on the show a second ago. Yeah. Finish your point, and I want to bring up something. So like I, my furnace died last year, right. and my air conditioning died, so I had to replace that. So I replaced it. Then I found out, well, you can't cool your house because your windows are so old, and they don't hold any air. So then I replaced all my windows. My heating and cooling bill cut in half. Wow. So my heating bill this winter, now granted we've not had the bitter cold winter, but we haven't had those. We haven't had many bitter cold winters. But my point is, like, my heating bill has been cut in half. Now granted, that money now that I am saving on my heating bill is now going to pay off my furnace and my windows. But I've increased the equity in my home by having new equipment in, you know, by having upgrades, right? right? I've increased the property value. And and while I have kind of robbed Peter to pay Paul, so to speak, but I'm also using less energy. It's more, you know, and, and this isn't about, you know, being environmental. I'm just using that as an example. Right. That was worth it for me. It was a, it was a necessary repair. Trust me, I would have preferred not to have to fork over that kind of money or finance that kind of money, but I needed to do it. But it was a quality investment to do it. And I just don't think spending a billion dollars on First Energy Stadium is a quality investment for the taxpayer because it doesn't solve the problem of using that facility more. Now, they might have better gathering spaces. They might be able to do maybe some conventions inside the stadium. And, and, and like, like Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse, when they expanded the atrium and that, they, they're able to use that for events now and, and things like that. And the Browns might be able but that doesn't solve the overarching problem. And so my point is, if we are going to talk about billions of dollars, not just for stadium, but regional development, I just think that it needs to be done right. Not be done on what's most ex, you know, what's what's the most expedient thing to do, or what's the cheapest route to. So to, he, to here's go. my question: If you decide you want to have conventions and you want to have concerts in a new building, I keep calling it a building now. It's more than a stadium. Absolutely right. Does that make anybody mad? Like, are the folks at Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse not happy because they may lose a couple concerts? Are Andy, the folks they, at the convention you know what they center have to do with the the Fieldhouse? They have to rent. This is a true story. They have to rent. Uh, whatever they're called, shipping containers at right. the port of Cleveland to store all the stuff from the building. It's being used so much. There's nowhere to store stuff. There's nowhere to put anything. Well, so there they is. Actually, They'd have to get rid of that super high VIP parking, but that's a different story. But you understand. You know what, what I'm saying too, uh, right? Yeah, yeah but you're not going to have the you're not going to have the players. No. You're going to leave that. You're going to bust them in from although, somewhere. Although, once the Guardians buy that garage. Well, that's that, going to change that, things. That, that may change some things. But my whole point is that building is What used, happens to that garage afterwards? Uh, does it stay a garage? Or oh, does no. It... They'll, they'll demolish it and build the ballpark village. That's assuming that they do pay the $25 million to buy it to, out, to, to buy it out, which I think ultimately they're going to do. I think they have a year. Uh, actually, it's less than a year now to make that decision. But my best guess is they will buy that garage and they will do their own development around the ballpark. But look at Gateway, right? Right. That took how many ballot initiatives in the 80s failed? 
before finally by the barely by the skin of its teeth yeah. the syntax passed and i think it was either i think it was 1990 was when the syntax passed it passed by a couple thousand votes yes and but look at what the impact of that was to downtown cleveland it basically revitalized an entire section in the southern side of downtown cleveland and i think by building a new dome somewhere will re- revitalize a section i just don't think that that lakefront property you have the rock hall the science center you have uh voinovich park out there um they put in a connecting bridge to go over that little harbor thing that's where right. the rock hall and the says okay that land is so valuable there's no reason why that should be a tourist destination. Daryl, I mean, we've sat here, but we've sat here for 20 minutes talking about why this is going to happen. And uh, do you think it's going to happen? It needs the conversation needs to be had. Uh, well, I'm with you. We're talking about it, but if you read what was written, D. Hapsom wants a place to be able to see the sunset. I mean, seriously, that's what that part of that was, and it was just like, okay, well, it just sounds like we're just going to have to do this here. Maybe is there any way she's just saying that to kind of poke the bear to get the stadium to go somewhere else? I. I I do know, and I wrote this. Um, I mean, they have been, from I what I had read earlier, that they've been willing to contribute to this too. So They are, but they have had multiple conversations with city officials. And my thing is, you need to stop talking to the city. You need to go to the state of Ohio. You need to go to Cuyahoga County. County. And I, I mentioned on a previous podcast, I'll say it again. Cleveland needs to get out of the stadium business, okay? They need to get out. I would rather that $10 million they had to, to fix the stadium, I'd rather that replace my pothole roads in my neighborhood. Or city services, or, exactly. You, you know what I'm saying? I don't, I don't have a beef with city services. My neighborhood, I'm by one well, of the I'm saying, stations. Hey, look, and the crime rate's got to go down, man. Yeah. Let's be honest. Yeah. I mean, the, people need to feel safe. I, give the money to the police. You know, but they, they have – I just – I think they need to get out of the stadium game and get involved with Gateway. You know, maybe have them take on the project uh, because they have the experience to do it. They do. But I, I think that the city of Cleveland needs to get out of the stadium game altogether because this is going to be on a scale that the city can't keep up with either. Like, you know, see what I'm saying? Like, no, yeah, I know. Once they do this, let's let's assume that this is what they do. Like, up, the upkeep of this is going to be insane too. So. The city just has to get out, and the Haslam's need to, um, and I, I think they need to communicate to the mayor. Hey, we're not going anywhere. We're not leaving. We're, we're not putting, you know. We're not going to Baltimore. That's right, what you need to say. Right. We're not leaving, but we need. Let us talk to Gateway. Let us talk to the state. Let us, you know, so we can find a way to do this to where it's not a boat anchor on the city of Cleveland like it is right now. It's always game day in Cleveland. What happened at the owners' meetings? We'll talk about that next. It's always game day in Cleveland. He's Daryl Ryder. I'm Andy Baskin. If you like what you're listening to, subscribe to the podcast. We love having you on board, and we appreciate everybody listening. Especially and maybe we'll when... start taking stadium donations. <laughs> I keep hearing that. I keep hearing the numbers are going up on this podcast. So I don't know if that's true or not, but I'll just keep playing along and hoping that you're listening. I, I, I think we need to start like a a Brown Stadium GoFundMe or something. <laughs> Let's fix your furnace, GoFundMe. Um, let's talk about what happened at the owners' meetings. You know, we joked in the beginning of the podcast about you know the number zero being available. What else happened? You know, there were big things like uh, the owners said, "Hey, you're allowed to gamble in our stadiums during games." 
There's a shocker. That's a big like, deal. Like I can't even believe that was even an issue. And again, why I said if you want to if you want to finance the a new stadium project, <laughs> the, the gambling is absolutely 100 percent the the way to go on the table right now. All right, so let's talk about some of the other things that that kind of went down. Um, I was surprised that they tabled a couple things. Third quarterback like doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. I don't know why teams can't just ha- designate a third quarterback if both quarterbacks if you have. Two quarterbacks that are active. Right. Um, why couldn't you designate a third quarterback who doesn't count against the roster that if those other two quarterbacks are unable to return to the game, that that quarterback would be able here's, to play? Here's the why big, is that an issue? I, I don't know. Because the NFL has to make things stupid and complicated. Here's yes. the biggest change. Here's the most impactful change that is made for this year. Okay. One single cut down day. Yeah, what is that, that is all it. about? Why? Because because the GMs want to be able to flood the, the waiver wire, and it'll help them sneak their guys through. Th- that's why everybody wants to do that? That's that's why everybody wants to do it now. So, f- uh, 4 p.m. New York time, August 29th, will be the reduction from 90 to 53. Now, going forward, it'll be the first Tuesday following the conclusion. Of the last game? Of the preseason. Gotcha. Okay. So, this year, it's August, uh, Tuesday, August 29th. 4 p.m. Eastern, all league rules. It's based on Eastern time. Uh, I guess it gets some guys production. paid for another two weeks too, right? Well, not. it's not so much that. It's, again, it's the because when you flood the waiver wire, like so when you cut from, I think they went from 90 to, it used to be like they went from 90 to 85, then it went like 75, to 50, and, then, for, uh, and then it went, and then it just went from 90 to 80 to 53. So now, the reason that they want that is again so that they can sneak guys to the practice squad. Because to get guys through the practice, you got to clear waivers for 24 hours, right? And then once you clear waivers, you can be brought back on to a team's practice squad. And that's why the all the GMs, there were like 26 teams that were that quote co-proposed this. So like it pat, it didn't even have to be presented. They're just like, yeah, <laughs> we're gonna do this, and that was it. And they were on to the next item on the agenda. So that's why. Get it, get it, flood the waiver wire. It makes it easier to keep your guys for your practice squads. All right, what else you got there for me? Um, there's like there's the, no replay after. Uh, yeah, they're not the quarterbacks. Cha- yeah, they're not challenging uh, quarterback per, uh, roughing the court, roughing yeah. the passers. Which they did pass a lot of stuff though too. I don't know. I mean, I, I get the and what? How are you challenging that? Do you think the quarterback took a flop? Or are we talking about, yeah. like, I think they should have to, if there's head contact, it should here's be reviewed. How, here's how you fix all this nonsense. I have the answer, too. Keep going. Two words. Sky judge. Done. Or instant replay after every play like they do in college. And you know what? Well, the if problem is a college pro- games take five hours to play now. But no one cares. I just did a poll on our show. I and care. I'm going to find it. Listen to this. I know you care, but hang on. I got to find this. I asked, because... I'm getting older. I don't have four and a half hours yeah, to sit still oh, for a sporting Oh, yes, event. you do. Yes, you do. You know why? Do you why? Think I'm so happy there's a pitch clock in baseball now. All right, hang on. Hang on, hang on. Basket of Phelps. I got to go to that. Clipping talking Tripping is a personal foul. That guy, why you look at that? So, um, tripping's a personal foul. They changed the definition of a launch to le- uh, to just leaving one or both feet. Whatever. Ready? Tell me when you're ready. Um, they're oh they're expanding the replay officials jurisdiction to allow for review on field fourth downs which makes sense because of the, your automatic review on a on a change of possession anyway right yeah the, that's I, all that is is change of possession they're they, going to adjust the play clock following an instant replay reversal consistent with other timing rules 
Um, they're going to uh, make the penalty for illegally handing the ball forward consistent with other illegal acts like <laughs> illegal forward passes. It's um, uh, the penalty for illegal punts, drop kicks, place kicks, uh, consistent with other illegal acts like illegal forward passes, uh, preventing an offense by benefiting f- uh, with an extension of the first half as a result of their own foul. That's right. going to get knocked out. And then um, – uh, they clarified the use of the helmet against an opponent. They removed the butt, ram, and spear language from the rule book and just basically, uh, you know, said that's, you know, Darryl, impermissible Pohl, use of the helmet. Baskin and Phelps, uh, do you think NFL games are too long? Yes or no? Everyone said no. Everybody said no. By 82, the way, 82% said no. I, I, I meant to point this out earlier, um, but. I did the corny dome or no dome when I filled in for you guys. Oh, a few weeks how'd ago. that go? Yeah, uh, you, it wasn't even close. Like we got twenty calls and it was like seventeen to three, and the three people that voted for a dome are old enough to be my grandfather. <laughs> I love the way you put things. The games are what's too long are the commercial breaks. I think that's and you know when well, they really feel long when you're at the game. Well, yeah, because you got you know, when you're at the time. game. That's when the commercial breaks feel like they're going forever, especially when it's cold outside. And then we got stadium jumbotron announcer guy to keep you or gal to keep you entertained. When what, you're what, in the do stands. we do dog races? Do we do dog pound races? Why don't why don't we do that? Why don't the dog pound characters have a race? Do we still have those? I can't even remember. I can't even remember was drumline there anymore. I I'm trying to remember all the things that we had no, before I think the pandemic. The, I think the drum line's gone. The drum line was awesome. The, the I we, love them. The wiener dog races um, I aren't as prevalent, I think, as they used to be. See, I don't pay attention to the in-game. I'm busy working. I, I have no idea. I'm trying. Like, well, because I've been a part thing, of the in-game. That's why the, I keep thinking about like, it. The only thing I know they do in-game is the guitar smash, which I think is, by the way, effing awesome. I love the guitar smash before kickoff. They just need a better song than Sweet Child of Mine. They got they got to pick a different song. They got to pick a different song for that, but the bit having the quote dog pound cap, you know, the celebrity whatever, Cleveland athlete, you know, Cleveland celebrity whatever that does that. Any celebrity, who cares? Yeah. Great bit. Bravo, standing ovation. There's no sarcasm. I'm not making fun of the Browns. I swear to God, I'm being sincere. I think the guitar smash to kick off, kick off the game is awesome. They need to keep doing that. Just pick a better freaking song, will you? Because Sweet Child of Mine does not get me excited for a football game. What do you want? Cleveland Rocks? No, 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 no. But I, you know, got to come up with something better than, like, Sweet Child of Mine. Would you have on. another in-game promotion you'd like to see that we're not doing? Uh, again, I don't pay attention to the in-game stuff. Really, and, and, and do we need beer snakes at the game? The you know that's coming. God, <laughs> well, we talk about it after every XFL they, game in Washington, right? They, well, they they make them at Progressive Field at the corner. They, right, where, they, yeah, where, they st- where they stack the cups. Yeah, they were ahead of the game and on then, that. And then they get in trouble for doing it too. Why don't they get? People get in trouble all the time for everything. You can't sneeze or have flatulence at these places without <laughs> getting in trouble. And you're in open air too. You just <laughs> yeah, nobody knows the difference. Just don't stand behind the person. That's all. Rodney, hey, who stepped on a duck? All right, anything else prevalent coming from the owners' meetings? That was about it. I'm trying to think. Oh, the Washington Commanders are going to be sold. That's going to happen. Yeah, $6 billion? $6 billion. I, I think it's going to be. Haslam's paid a billion. I think it's going to be six five. I think because they have the multiple bid situation. Yeah, I know. They're going to try and get, get, get one of them to go to six two five or six five. Yeah, it's like an auction, right? Yeah. Hey, I got $6 billion. Can I get $6.1? Yeah, blah, blah, blah. You know what I'm saying? So, um should have my guy Mark Schrader come in and uh, do the auction for, the man. For, for the Washington Commanders for Daniel Snyder. But I think that that's like, 
uh, the commissioner saying he's going to make the, the Wilkinson report public. I think that was that was the commissioner's salvo at Dan Snyder that you need to get if, rid of this thing. now. If you sell it, the Wilkinson report is going to say one thing. If you don't sell it, the dirty laundry is going to get aired and you're going to be in it deep. Not to say that he may or may not be already in. I don't know. If I were him, I'm taking the six billion, paying what I need to pay, out of, you know what? If, hopping on my yacht and getting out of here. And Bye. I know like he, him and Jeff Bezos aren't really tight because right. you know Bezos owns the Washington Post, and you know right. the Washington Post fairly just you know curb stomps the Commanders at every given opportunity because right. all the Commanders are the Commanders. So, right. Um, but like I would totally sell to my worst enemy to take to cash to me cashing their check. I, th- I was told this at a young, young age. I was, uh, I was told, Daryl, the greatest bleep you to somebody is to cash their check. Or to rip it up in front of their face. No, you cash that puppy. It's always game day in Cleveland. Thanks for listening today. We appreciate you. He's Daryl Ryder. I'm Andy Baskin. If you like what you're listening to, subscribe to the podcast. If you want to be a part of a future mailbag show, mailbag. Mailbag, which we mailbag, promise to do mailbag. at some point. We probably we'll, we'll do. We, will, we'll, we got to have questions we're just, from you. Yeah, we're banking the questions. Yeah, is what you, we're gotta, doing, so you we're just... gotta hit up Game Day CLE on Twitter or Instagram, or you know what? Uh, if you have a question, call ba- Daryl straight on his cell phone. Whatever you want to do, find Basket and me on Twitter too, and yeah. maybe we'll uh, just troll our own accounts for some questions too. Probably not a bad idea. It's always Game Day in Cleveland.